Welcome to your best riding life. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, you'll receive tips and strategies from experts in the riding and publishing industry to help boost your best riding life. Let's get started. So the question today is, do I need an agent? If so, when? Today's industry expert is going to clear up any confusion you might have when it comes to having an agent or not. Cynthia Rukti is an award-winning author of more than 30 books and a sought-after speaker. She is a professional relations liaison for American Christian fiction writers and serves as a literary agent with books and such literary management. She and her husband live in the heart of Wisconsin near their three children and six, count them, six grandchildren. Cynthia, it is so good to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda. This is my privilege entirely and on a subject that I feel very passionately about. So it's a good mix. It is a good mix. Well, before we hit hard on our content, we're going to pause for just a minute for what I call our inside life of the writer moment. Cynthia, would you share something most of your readers may not know about you? I think a lot. I think hard when I get a question like this because I'm, I live a pretty open life. But there is one thing that many people may not know about me, and that is that I not only am a knitter, but for uh, several years, I worked for one of the most prolific and well-known knitters in the world as a an assistant for her. And part of my job was to fulfill an assignment that meant that I was assigned to hand knit these beautiful, bulky, slouchy, fat wool vests for a fancy boutique in California. So we I created them and then they were sent out, mailed out to this boutique in California where they sold apparently like hotcakes. Who knew? <laughs> Well, I'm going to say this right now, as you're giving me that visual of of just comfort and cozy mm-hmm. and handmade, mm-hmm. you know what, Cynthia, I think it ties right into who you are. Mm. You as an individual, I've known you for several years and you make everyone feel comfortable. You make everyone feel that you are investing in them personally. So what better of a start than to be able to hand knit items that would wrap people in love that they would enjoy wearing as well. So it is one thing I would not have imagined from you, (laughs) but now that I know it, I'm like going, okay, I can totally wrap myself around (laughs) Cynthia being that knitter and I'd love to see pictures at some point. So that would be absolutely fabulous. Ooh, I'll see what I can do about that. Ooh, yay, yay, yay. Okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about literary agents. Cynthia, does every writer need one? The quick answer is no, only those who want to succeed in publishing. Uh, but on the other hand, there's a, there are some nuances here too, because there are a lot of people who choose self-publishing as their particular path. That's what They are choosing to do. They know that they will need to manage and navigate that without an agent, likely. And if that is the chosen path, then an agent isn't a necessary part of the formula for being successful and reaching your writing goals. If you want to publish with a traditional publisher, if that's 
the goal that you believe that God has given you, and that's the the direction that you want to head. The truth of the matter is that these days, almost a hundred percent of traditional publishing houses acquire through only one of two means, either by personal contact between the author and the editor at some kind of event like a conference or through the author's agent. There are many, many houses that in the old days would take anything, we used to call it over the transom, meaning that you could send an unsolicited manuscript or unsolicited proposal or query to an editor at a publishing house. That became so unmanageable because of the vast volume of proposals that they were getting. And most of those weren't vetted at all. It was just the author thinking, I'd like, I'd like you to publish me. So here's my work. And then when we got, especially in Christian publishing, when we began to see agents and agencies coming onto the scene, it made an editor's job so much easier because in some ways that agent is the first gatekeeper, if you want to call it that, or that those first eyes on a project. And they, one of the jobs that we do as literary agents is to help match very carefully a project with an editor and a publishing house that is most likely to want to say yes. So that, for the author's sake, that eliminates a lot of shotgun stabbing in the dark. I don't know where this wants to go, but I just know who I want to have publish it, and it might not be a good fit. So part of this navigating in through an agent is very, very helpful for the author in getting their work prepared and to create a more likely yes from an editor and publisher. And from the publisher side, they're choosing to go through agents because the, they know that the agent's eyes have been on that work already. This is what we need to know. So folks, I hope you're hearing what Cynthia has made pretty clear. If you want to be successful, if you're choosing to connect with traditional publishing, then finding an agent is going to be one of the routes that you want to take. So Cynthia, let me kind of tuck this in here, if I may. Mm -hmm. What is the best route for an author when they say, well, I don't know any agents. I, what, how am I supposed to start that? Is, do you have is there a formula or is it, you know, go to conferences? What would your advice be to them in as simplified form as possible? That's a great question. I think uh, one key element has always been for the past several years going to writing conferences, partly because you want to know that that match with that particular agent is a good match, that personality-wise you fit together, that you're finding in that agent exactly the, the mix of business person and nurturer that you're looking for, or or all business all the time, or maybe you want someone who cuts right to the chase. On the other hand, you may want an agent who is the kind of person that will be heavily involved in a good brainstormer for you and all those things that that uh, various agents offer different things and their personalities are very different too. But if you find that good match with with an agent, it's often because you have watched that agent in a variety of scenarios. You've watched them in public. You've seen them behind the scenes, maybe in a hallway or an elevator. You've watched how they conduct themselves with other people, with professionals. That's what I did when I, when I was searching for an agent too. I listened to them on panels. I 
I looked at their agency blogs and websites, which is another very important thing. I know you asked for a quick answer here, but no, 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 this is, this is good. Okay. It is kind of involved because I wanted to know what did the agency stand for? What is, what are each of the individual agents like? Uh, Which one seems like the one I'm kind of drawn to because I'm always liking her answers to the questions that are posed to her. I saw her in the hallway and I saw her being uh, so kind to the people around her, not impatient. That's what I needed was a not impatient agent. And uh, just over the course of time, then I set my sights on this agent. And then I asked God, is this the right agent for me? And if so, can you make that happen? And he found some very unique ways to do that for me. For me, it was a writing conference on a cruise to Alaska. And that's where we had our first real major connection together. She took my work and she said, uh, she listened to my pitch and said, okay, now let's see if you can write. And it was months and months and months after that, even that I signed with her. So the path may be different for everybody, but traditionally it's been at writing conferences. We're in a season now where you may not be able to get to a writing conference, But if you're able to virtually attend or if you have a one-on-one somehow by through that invitation, but mostly follow the agents that you may be interested in, see where their heart is and and follow their blog and look at their websites. And um, then and honestly, the prayer factor in this cannot be underestimated. Oh, I I am 100 percent with that. And bring other people on, bring your friends, those that are, that, that are following your own writing journey, bring them in and make sure that they pray over, not necessarily what you think is your, oh, this is who I want to be with. Pray that that happens. You know, Cynthia, I've always, through my ministry, through my writing, speaking and everything, I've always been, you know what, what we're going to pray for is God's will, his way in his timing. Yes, and absolutely. he knows what all right. So that's what we want to shore ourselves up with is that the prayer is is really trusting God's hand in the mix because we might think someone is the best one for us, and it's like you said, what if we haven't spent time with them on the other side when their face isn't full public? We might get an agent, and then when we're negotiating or talking, we go, wow, I didn't know that person was like this. Mm-hmm. So everything you've can, offered is great. If I can add something to that, you mentioned something Certainly. very important, and it was the friendship part. Um, and not only as we observe agents and we see, are they harsh? Are they godly? big, big point here. They may be a great business person, but not necessarily godly. If that doesn't bother you, that's one thing. But for me personally, that would that would have been a deal breaker. But one of the other key elements in trying to, in this process of finding an agent and you're choosing who that is, isn't going to mean an automatic, that's what God will gift you with. He may want the opposite for you, but the idea of talking to friends and talking to other authors about their experiences with their agent, um, how is that an easy agent to work with? What can I expect? Or you read books that you love 
and read the acknowledgments and see who is the agent who's mentioned in the acknowledgement of these books that I love. And a certain name may keep popping up over and over again. And another thing that we really need to mention very quickly is sometimes it is timing. Sometimes it's not that right now it's going to all work out. It may take a while before the timing fits God's schedule. Um, He works on such a different schedule than we do. So that's another key factor to consider as you're approaching the idea of, do I need an agent? And if so, who? So when we transition now into the role of an agent, as far as when when we have this author-agent relationship, what are the most important roles an agent uh, serves in this in this little you know new experience for our writers? They've got an agent. Now what? Now what? I have a a top a talk that I often give that lists actually. 26 of the roles of an agent is so much more than just an agent will get me a contract. So I'm glad that you said, what are the most important roles? Because there are many, many that an agent will serve over the career lifespan of of a writer. And, And it is for that. An agent comes on not just to take on a project of an author, but they want to be there for the author's entire career. They want to serve as that strategist in in helping authors reach their goals, but more importantly, help helping an author reach the goals that God has carved out for them. Uh, they serve as an advocate, obviously. They, it's so much more than getting me a contract. There's a partnership in a sense, or a companionship, a companion on the journey of writing. And an agent is a very strong and needed counsel. Sometimes there are decisions that we make that are small decisions that take us off brand, or there are projects we'd love to get into, but that particular project is actually going to thwart your possibilities and your opportunities in another project that you may be working on, or or we, we will see anything that comes across our path as an opportunity and want to do all of it. Some of us are wired that way. We, we'd like to say yes to everything. And a real, real key role for an agent is to help us figure out which are the projects that are the wisest for us to say yes to. An agent I mentioned earlier, and this is one of the most key roles, is serves as a matchmaker. A good agent doesn't just send a project out everywhere in the hopes that it might fall on some ears that are interested in it. The best agents really do a careful analysis of where is this project most likely to get a yes from a publishing house and an editor? Where is this project, where does it fit in a gap that the publishing house has? Or how does it fit with the overarching theme and uh, heart and commitment that that publishing has within the publishing industry. Not every publishing house is alike. They all have their certain denominational backgrounds or their faith bases. And for some of them, a a book that is controversial would be an automatic no. And for some others, a book that isn't controversial would be an automatic no. So the role of an agent to help strategize and matchmake and coach the career and advise the author is so very valuable. 
There are many, many other things that an agent does. One of the first things they do that is one of the most important too is take a look at the proposal and the writing and say, all right, let's start here. What do we need to do to bring this up to a place where it's, again, going to break through the hurdles and the barriers so that your work can reach the reader? That's what you're after. You want the work to reach the reader and to touch the reader's heart and to impact the kingdom of God. If that's to be so, then the agent will come alongside and and help to weed out the things that might stand in the way. Sometimes that's as simple as grammar. Sometimes it's as complicated as platform. But all along the way, the agent will be advocating for the author and in a way, letting the author know you are not alone. You are never alone on any step of this journey. I'm here And I will help guide you through this process, partly because of the gifts that God has given me and partly because of the industry knowledge that an agent will have that an author isn't able to gain on their own. These are facts. This truly is, as I'm listening to you, this truly is a turning over of trust. Mm. So I have to, I really have to, as a writer, I have to say, okay, If I'm going to embark in this journey, I must trust the agent that I'm basically opening up my arms to and saying, whatever I have here, I am trusting you, your knowledge, your background, the purpose that you see me fulfilling as an author, though I get tempted to say, yeah, but that's not what I want to (laughs) do. I really have to kind of go, wait a minute. Let's go back to the whole reason that we're on this journey together. And I may, I may say, Cynthia, you know, I don't get that. I, I'm not exactly sure where you're going with this, but I'm trusting you in it. And in that, it really makes it smoother. And, and I love, Cynthia, that you brought up personalities because that is my heartbeat, is helping people understand the value of personalities And that by God's design, each one of us, we're going to respond, react, intermingle, have relationships with others in a unique way based on that design. And to have a fit that complements, that completes, that even, and I think you mentioned this too, that maybe will rub us to grow. We need to have that. Not just someone who's going to say, okay, everything you do is perfect and la, 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 because that wouldn't work with me. I have to have someone who's going to say, you know, Linda, I see what you're doing here, but if you're wanting this to go here, you're going to have to change it up and be willing to do that. And I have to trust you. It's like with a hairstylist. You know, I, my perfect story is I was pregnant and my hairstylist, I said, okay, I'm, you know, I, I want you to perm my hair. And she said, no, you really don't. Want to perm. And I said, I really do. I said, it's just, it's stringy. It's if she goes, no, you really don't. want me to perm And so she permed my hair. And of course I called her the next day crying and weeping going, this is the worst thing. She said, well, I told you, you didn't want to perm your hair. So we've been together. We have been together now um, almost 30 years. And I just look at her and I, if, if she'll say, well, what do you want now? And I go, are you kidding? I don't give input anymore. You do yeah. what you want. And that's how I'm walking out the door. So that's how I see a relationship with an agent. 
not that I keep mum, but yep. that I trust the agent for what the agent knows. That, that's a very interesting perspective too, Linda, because there are some people who think that an agent is hired by the author. So the author is boss and the agent is employee or vice mm-hmm. versa, that the agent is boss and the author is employee. And that's not how this works. With a literary agent, it is more of a relationship where you're coming alongside one another and that agent's goal is to be there for the author, but not to boss the author into something they don't want to do. But so just like with your hairdresser, she, your stylist had your best interests at heart. Her advice came not from a place of saying, it's not popular right now. Her advice came from a place of knowing what would be best for you or uh, understanding what would be best for you. Not because that was your very first appointment with that hairstylist, but because you had built a relationship and that's the core. Yes. And that's what we want. As we were created for relationship, our first relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then from there, relationships are so important. So why would this relationship not carry as much weight? This is great. Well, you have given us so much. I'm going to ask you a kind of personal journey question, I guess. Cynthia, you've been writing for years. You're absolutely fabulous. And your books have won awards. You're just, and and you're still writing today. And so this is great. But so now you're also a literary agent. What motivated you to add that to who you are today? I came, I was going to say kicking and screaming, but that's not it exactly. (laughs) But uh, many, many years ago, And it was my agent, actually, who had asked me to consider at the end of my, not at the end, 10 years, say, or 20 years into my writing career, where would I want to be? Just dream big, she said. And my thought at the time was, uh, oh, what came out of my brain was, I'd like to be an acquisitions editor at a publishing house. I don't know where that came from at the moment, but I wrote it down on my little list of dream someday dreams. But then I set it aside because as time went on, I saw how hard acquisitions editors have to work and set that aside. But I'm just minding my own business. This is always when God shows up. I'm minding my own business, obeying him moment by moment, writing happily away. And I got a phone call one day from the president of Books and Such Literary Management, and that's Janet Grant. She was actually the first, one of the first literary agents for the Christian publishing industry and uh, the first woman CEO also of an agency. And she, I had known her well because books and such as my, is the agency with which my agent Wendy Lawton works or is a part. So um, I got a phone call from Janet and Janet said, "Uh, have you ever considered becoming a literary agent. Have you? We'd like to bring you on as an agent, but I'm going to spell out every bit of what that means. And then you respond, have you ever considered that? And I said, absolutely not. Oh no, I'm going to have to pray about it because this is the way God has operated in my life my entire career. 
career. Wow. He has brought things like the radio ministry to me when my that was the least thing I would imagine. I loved the idea of never having to have a microphone in my hand. And he decided to make my career with a microphone in my hand. So I really did prayerfully consider it. My husband said, I knew my husband was going to say, absolutely not. You're not taking on one more thing. And instead he said, don't you think God has been grooming you for this? And I had this passion wow. to help writers wow. go in the, their craft. I had this passion to help writers grow in their character. And I already had a passion to help writers reach their writing goals, the goals God carves out for them. So within really about a day after we had prayed, we knew that the answer was supposed to be yes. And since that moment, I have found that I have loved every minute of it, even the hard parts. And there are plenty of those hard parts. But I love what God does when we say yes to him on a thing we already know is going to be a challenge. He comes in then and fills us with joy as well as equipping us to do what he's asked us to do. He does, doesn't he? I mean, every time. I love to call him my God of the edge. Mm. He's right there on the edge. And what I share with my clients as we're traveling through their journey, and, and that's really kind of coaching is very similar mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. track of an agency uh, rider relationship, because I don't tell my clients what to do. I, I say, well, I'm kind of like the bumpers in the bowling alley of life. <laughs> um, I, I won't let you get into the gutters, but you know, you're going to have to choose the ball and, and tell me which pin you're aiming at. Yes. But, 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 you know, God is the God of the edge. And if he could have something happen and he could, when you're, we're far away from the edge, but it's when we get right there at the edge and he says, do you still trust me? Mm. Do you trust me now? I've had you. I've always had you now just step out on that unseen bridge of faith and now see what I have for you. Mm. What a fabulous journey. And I'm glad that you're, I'm glad that you are who you are and that you are a fabulous agent. And it's also good to know, folks, and this is important, even agents have agents. So, you know, we don't trust what we know to ourselves. Mm -hmm. As a coach, I have a coach because I'm really personal with me. And if I'm, personal with myself on my day to day. I'm certainly personal in my writing. And in my writing, I may want to have really tight ownership in a few areas that my agent perhaps would say, let's loosen your grip here. Consider this path. And, but it's having that perfect match that makes it so. So I'm very glad that you chose to say yes. And I know that uh, books and such is also very, very glad that you chose to say yes. Well, as we're coming to the end of our time here together, I know that your recent release is a novel, Afraid of the Light, from uh, Kriegel Publications. And you have received some fantastic, outstanding reviews. And I'm going to read one right here. The title was, I Couldn't Put It Down. I was hooked on the first page of Afraid of the Light, and I had to force myself each night to stop reading and go to bed. Cynthia Recti takes you on a journey into the world of hoarding. She pulls you into the lives of her characters, and you feel like you're right there with them. 
watching firsthand what's going on. Her humor made me laugh. Her surprises kept me engaged. And her knowledge of this area of addiction taught me new things. I didn't want the book to end. She also has discussion questions at the end of the book that would make this a great book for a book club or small group discussion. So we highly recommend it to all of you that are listening. You'll find information about Afraid of the Light. Mm -hmm. You'll find information in our show notes about how to reach Cynthia and where you can find Afraid of the Light. And this is just one. You will get hooked. I'm going to tell all of you that right right now. You're going to get hooked. If you like writing that simulates your senses, that engages you at a deeper level than just kind of a surface, should we say, uh, written relationship, you will find Cynthia's works, something you want on the bookshelves of your home. And also items that you can gift because hers are very, very giftable. Cynthia, it has been a joy having you on here with us. Oh, Linda, I, I thank you so much for your kind words and, and the, the discussion, the flow back and forth of discussion really makes this a joy. I can't wait to have you back because I know there are so many things that you, and I say it, you are an expert in, and that's what we want for those that are, that are listening to our podcast so I can't wait for the next time we get to have you back here with us. Woohoo! I can't it's wait to be there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, friends, for joining us. I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.